on today's show, we're talking about how Twitter just bet the entire company on creators. They're starting to make it rain some cash for all of their top Twitter users. We're going to break down what they're doing, how it affects you and your business, and how you can make money being a creator on Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, and all the other platforms. I'm your co-host, Kip Bodner, CMO at HubSpot. I'm joined by my co-host, Kieran Flanagan, who's the CMO at Zapier. And this is Marketing Against the Green, your show for marketing-minded people everywhere. Let's get into today's episode. Before we get to today's show, let me tell you about HubSpot. Finding a service solution that helps you keep your customers happy can feel impossible. Like, try to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at the networking event. HubSpot's all-new service hub can help. It brings together service and success together on one platform with AI-powered help desk and chatbots to handle your frontline support tickets. So you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. Kieran, Elon coming off the heels of Zuckerberg's little punch in the face about the threads launch says, hey, Zuckerberg, I see your threads launch and I raise you paying all of my top creators directly for their contributions. Did you see this? I've got a Forbes article that outlines what exactly is happening that I'll share right now. But Twitter is off to the races. Elon, I thought he was a little cash constrained, but he is going big and he is betting that focusing all in on creators is how he saves Twitter and differentiates Twitter from the competition. What's your take? Well, I think uh, Elon cannot pay his rent, but he is prioritizing creators. I think he's going to court for not paying his rent, but he is actually prioritizing creators. This came out this week. I think it was a promise he had made previously where he said he was going to take $5 million of all of their revenue or ad revenue and give it to some amount of creators. Started rolling out this week. People getting paid for their tweets, maybe bringing people back to the platform or getting people much more engaged in the platform. I think we have some hot takes. I know you're going to go through what exactly the program is, but I think we have some hot takes on whether we think this is going to end up in the graveyard of creator programs (laughs) and that graveyard does exist or Twitter are going to become the gold standard for creator programs. And I do not think they're going to do that, but I'm going to make the case just after we get into the details. I'm going to make the opposite case. I'm not sure I believe it, but I'm going to try to make the opposite case. We're going to have an argument. Before we even get into that, if you've got dreams that you're going to go hit the money big time on Twitter, I want to anchor you in like, what are they actually doing? What are the rules of this program? And so if you look at this article here, you must be subscribed to Twitter Blue to get payouts. I was about to delete my Twitter Blue. (laughs) This does not make me want to keep it because I'm nowhere near that amount of impressions. I decided to keep it for a couple more months for the bookmarking, just the bookmarking. I love the bookmarking on Twitter Blue, I agree. But for Twitter to pay you, you have to pay them a subscription fee, which is hilarious. You have to have your own Stripe account so that they can pay you. And you have to have more than 5 million impressions on your account each month in the last three months to be eligible for the ad revenue sharing. So like, you have to be a top Twitter user. It's not for every Twitter user. You have to be a real top, top user, right? And they are basically saying, one of the bets they're making saying like, Platforms today are about personality. You and I were WhatsApp and Kieran. We were like, you know what? This is the era of personality-led growth. Not product-led growth, not persona-led growth. That personality-led growth is becoming one of the core ways to grow. And then if you're a social platform, it's the only way to grow. 
and that the platforms that you are following are because they have the best personalities, the best creators on those platforms. Right. And Twitter is trying to make sure it can keep its best personalities and attract and recruit in new personalities. If you read between the lines, I think Elon, the platform that he most aspires to be, I think, is YouTube. I think YouTube for him yes. is the gold standard in creator programs. Their creator program is one of the shining lights of that company where they've allowed creators to share in the success of the company. Works super well for YouTube because, again, creators are about personality-led growth. Personality-led growth works best for video. Video is the yes, best because that's where personalities come through. You know what I mean? Like we're coming. It's coming hard. Right it's to hard you. to come through in text. Oh, right? so hard. And so um, I think YouTube is the gold standard. But I think this has got a great amount of attraction. Like it's a five million dollar drop on creators. It's an incredible marketing campaign. If nothing else, like I think you're going to show a Mr. Beast tweet that's got a ton of traction. Got a ton of people tweeting about Twitter this week. So even just as a marketing campaign, spend five million dollars that get that amount of traction. It probably is worth it. Look, first of all, one thing I know about Elon Musk is that he is a master of shifting the public dialogue. And last week, you know what the public dialogue was? Zuckerberg's a badass. Threads is going to kill Twitter. Elon is screwed. You know what this week the public dialogue is about? And Elon is scared to get in the cage. His mommy would not let him get in the cage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what did he do? He said, Elon, oh, I- tell your mummy you're allowed to go in the cage. Come on, Elon. Tell your mummy you're going in the cage. Uh, you just want to see the fight so bad. Kieran loves in, in, in any oh, good fight. On. So you're, fight. you're totally in on the Zuckerberg-Elon fight, even though, even though Zuckerberg would win in about 30 seconds. So what does he do? He spends $5 million this week to reset the entire public narrative. So that in its own right, was marketing genius and a lesson that we can all take away. If there's a story out there about your company, about you that you don't like, take a second, step back, think about what you can do to flip the narrative and change what people are talking about. Elon did that. Elon did an amazing job of that. The next thing he did, and the reason he was able to do that is because he got his top creators involved. Kieran, check out this tweet from Mr. Beast. We all love Mr. Beast, the biggest YouTuber around. He's also big on Twitter. And so he has a tweet that says, whoever has the most liked reply on this post in 48 hours, gets all of my Twitter revenue for the next month. And so what happens? The replies go nuts. He's going to get way more ad revenue because this tweet has 22.9 million views. This one tweet, 22.9 million views. Are you serious? Lex Friedman's winning, right? And right now, Lex Friedman, one of the top podcasters in the world, winning. If I win, I will give all my winnings to a randomly selected liker of this comment picked by a Python script. So they're both doubling down on like the random liking of these posts. And Lex Friedman's tweet, just his tweet, his reply has been seen by 724,000 people. And look, what did Elon make happen? He got the best creators on his platform interacting with each other and basically gamifying the views and interactions on his platform so he can sell more advertising. That's what this is all about. This is just modern day media, everybody. And he's playing the game and he's getting the creators working with them to play the game. But there's some great marketing lessons in this. This shows that when you flip the script and you do the unexpected thing, you can build a massive audience. Mr. Beast could have just taken that money, right? But he didn't. The lesson here is say, oh, I could take this money or I could invest this money and get a much bigger return, get more subscribers, sell more products, get more people to buy my Feastables, all the stuff Mr. Beast is trying to do through getting mass engagement with this one tweet. Right. 
I think to flip the script is a really great lesson for people, which is you have to change the narrative. This is a great example of changing the narrative. One of my other favorite examples of changing the narrative in a totally different space is my little ball-headed, aggressive promoter, Dana White, who is the owner of UFC. One of the greatest business stories of all time, no matter what people think about Dana White, bought the UFC for $2 million, sold it for billions, is now like maybe a billionaire. But he has consistently, whenever negative news comes out that impacts his brand, released incredible fights on the very day that that news comes out. And it's a really great example of <laughs> totally. he, ha- he is an incredible promoter and knows how to use PR to like flip the script and actually have people talking about his brand in a positive life versus all of the things that are going on and shapes it into a negative light. And I think that's a great lesson. Elon is a master of press. He's a master of mass attention. He's a master of being able to like direct the narrative to where he wants it to go, whether that is good or bad. So Kieran, let me ask you this. Do you think this Twitter creator program is a flash in the pan to disrupt attention away from threads and to shift the narrative? Or do you think it is a long-term foundational program that is going to drive Twitter's long-term success? Okay, let's compare and contrast the successes to the failures. The f- oh, please. We went through this explosion of creator programs, right? Meta had a creator program to incentivize people to create short-form video. Pinterest had a creator program to incentivize people to create pins and boards. Snap had a creator program to get people to create short-form video and stories. All of those actually started to defund those programs around 2022. Like during COVID, they were this big thing. People writing about the creator programs. Pinterest started defunding it in 2022. They actually shut it down. Snap started defunding it in 2023. They want to focus on the user experience. Meta started to defund it uh, this year as well, 2023. They wanted to focus in other areas. Maybe uh, he wanted to go and add some legs to his Metaverse characters and make that <laughs> not seem like it was from the 1980s. Oh, so what are the, if they're the creator programs that have not succeeded, Pinterest, which, yes, that's not going to succeed Pinterest. That does not work. It's not personality-led growth. Snap and Meta, short from video, yes, personality-led growth, kind of interesting, they did not work. When you compare and contrast to what has worked, What have been some of the gold standards? YouTube is number one, top of the charts. Creator program has really helped to grow that brand. One of the most successful uses of creators and partnerships with creators we've ever seen. Second to that is Instagram. Instagram have the creator fund of about 1 billion. They started in 2020. Helps creators create content has been a big part of their growth. And they actually have cited that many, many times as being a big part of their growth. And then the other brand that we all are aware of and that has really come up and at all of their launch except for YouTube is like TikTok. And TikTok's creator program is worth about 200 million. They started it in 2021. And that program, again, has been cited many times by TikTok as a big part of their success. So what do they have in commonalities? TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, first of all, personality-led, video-led, also very much like broad consumer-led, like mass appeal to an audience, like much more consumer, mass appeal, meta, Snap and uh, Pinterest all failed in some respects to get their creator program as part of their brand. Although I think Snap had some problems just because they needed to use the cash in other areas. I think Twitter is not going to succeed because it is a not a strong personality-led growth platform because it's text-based, right? Mm. It's really hard to get like super. So I, hold on. I, I think I think that I think that's where you're wrong. I think I think Elon is going to move video to the forefront of Twitter. But he is. It won't work. Well, he's no, first of all, he's no engineers to do it. Well, that's the, that's the problem. I, I'm telling you what I think the strategy is and that the strategy is right. You can argue whether he's going to be able to execute it or not. The strategy is, hey, I'm going to make Twitter a 
video-led platform versus a text-led platform, but text is still going to be an important part Agreed. of it. Agreed. I'm going to invest and attract in the top creators to make my network successful and to differentiate from the competition. Because what's happening now with all these networks, it is a function of creator time. The more your best creators spend the majority of their time on your platform, the more your platform is going to succeed versus the competition. And that's what Elon's trying to do. I don't know if it's going to work because it's going to be incredibly hard to execute on. Because I'll tell you right now, you know who's f***ing winning this? is YouTube. YouTube is killing the game here. Kieran, we talked with Cody Sanchez recently for an upcoming episode. And I was telling her, I was like, YouTube is where I spend most of my time. I think it has the best community. I think it has the best content. Yes. And the reason for all of that is because it also has the best economics. It's paying its creators the most. And inbuilt distribution. Yes. It has the best cycle, flywheel distribution, has the best ways for creators to make money. Because what I wanted to get, get into next is how do you actually think about making money as a creator in all of this? And I'm going to say a couple of things that I think you're going to agree with. First of all, can I say one more thing on the Twitter? Sure, sure. One sure. more thing on the Twitter. I want to throw out just one more thing to show you why I'm right, as always. Oh. And please come back. Show, show, show me why I'm please, right. Please, Kieran, tell so, me why you're right. I haven't heard in the last five seconds why. Prior to them having shared ad revenue, you know they have the creator subscription service now. You can basically go create a subscribe follower. And then only your followers can actually see your content. And you do all these special things for your followers. And some people have been tweeting about it. Only certain creators have that option where they can actually create this package for these kind of super followers. There is a creator on there, one of the most successful or one of the biggest who has 700,000 followers, creates hundreds of tweets per month and also has like this kind of package for their followers, they are creating Kip $7,000 a month. Now, $7,000 a month, I'm not saying it's not a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money if it's your top creator, if that's like mm -hmm. your benchmark, comparable to like these people like Logan Paul or the Pauls or KSI or these people, they're like worth hundreds of millions, right? Like because of the money they've made from YouTube, those economics are no, not what, what you just said was what you Twitter. just said was fundamentally wrong and it makes my point okay logan paul ksi mr beast all of those people are not worth hundreds of millions of dollars from the money that they have made from youtube they're worth hundreds of millions of dollars from the money they've made on youtube and what i mean by that is yes youtube didn't pay them hundreds of millions of dollars they, paid they them a lot, were able to build a big audience and then build businesses and monetize that and that's the point i'm trying to make if you are a creator today and you are trying to make money and you are relying solely on twitter or youtube or one of those channels to pay you and that be your source of income you are stupid and you're never going to make enough money unless you are a top one percent youtube creator and even then okay you're under monetizing where you could actually be and that's Kip, the point i'm Kip, trying to Kip, make Kip. i'm gonna bard ai you to death because i just <laughs> oh, looked gosh. it up because i knew oh, i was no. right guys just so you know Makes sad irishman kieran I caught it. <laughs> just got access to bard and so now if you do anything with kieran he's like hold on i need to ask bard for a second hold on hold on I'm oh, look, everyone look, can death. i tell you what bard said about this well mr beast how much do you think mr beast earns a year from youtube ads alone Give me your best guess. Uh, I think Beast, Mr. Beast owns, I just, why do we call him Mr. Beast? I do want to kind of just call him Beast. He's Beast, Jimmy, Jimmy the Beast. Yeah, Beast, um, Jimmy the Beast. I, I bet you he earns $40 million a year. He earns, okay, well, the range is pretty barred. You can do better than this. The Come range on, is pretty barred. big here. 36 to 120 million a year. <laughs> what, kind, what kind of range is that even? Okay. So but, uh, if, it, if it's 100 million, which is in the range, I'm right. No, you're Thank you, Bard. No, you're not. For, well, for, no, right, make no, your point. I'm carry, right carry because, your point. because we know Jimmy is making 
No, I'm right. Hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars a year has a business well worth well more than a billion dollars. Okay. And so even a hundred million from YouTube is not the majority of his revenue. And that is the whole point I am making. Lawyered, marketed, end of story. We'll be right back. But before, let me tell you about another podcast I love. Nudge, hosted by Phil Agnew, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Ever noticed how the smallest changes can have the biggest impact? On Nudge, you learn simple evidence-backed tips to help you kick bad habits, get a raise, grow a business. Every bite-sized 20-minute show comes packed with practical advice. Nudge is fast-paced, but it's still insightful with real-world examples that you can apply. Oh, and it's the UK's fastest-growing business podcast. If you want an MBA's worth of insight one podcast, this is the right show for you. Entrepreneurs will love this show because it's filled with repeatable proven studies, not hearsay and one-off success stories. You're going to love the show because I was interviewed by Phil. You can go check out my episode. And I recently listened to an awesome episode. It's called Six Scientifically Proven Persuasion Techniques. It's a must listen for anyone in marketing. Listen to Nudge wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. Where are we going now? I'm actually asking Mr. I'm actually asking Bart how much did he he make last year from all businesses, but uh, all right, go. Kieran turning this go. into the the Ask Bard show. No. Yeah, yeah. Well, the yeah. point we are making is you cannot rely solely on these platforms to make a living as a creator or as a brand. I want to transition Kieran to the last part of our show where we're talking about in a world of personality-led growth, what do brands need to do? You know, what do you actually do to be successful? And I think you are uniquely qualified to answer this question because you helped us at HubSpot build out our personality-led growth strategy, creator program, everything. So I would love for you to break it down for everyone. I think what we're seeing from like Elon and Zuck, if we can remove all the kind of comical stuff around the cage fight, is Zuck woke up and realized that people want to feel connected to the founder and they want founders to have incredibly strong points of view. And they want to pick sides, whether that is good or bad, people want to pick sides. And I think we are becoming much more tribal online because social is geared toward those kind of mechanisms, right? It is geared to have you feel a sense of belonging to a certain tribe who has the same sort of beliefs as you, the same sort of feelings toward things as you, same sort of interest towards you. And I think Elon has been a master at this, right? Elon has changed Twitter. Like before Elon, did you look at Twitter and say, wow, this is the Jack platform like oh, i really think that's a great founder <laughs> no, i'm going to use no, twitter no like not. elon elon's completely changed jack it to like, was just off doing yoga not saying yeah, anything. he was yeah, he's doing some yoga Namaste. doing some tranquil meditation but so i think elon has like figured this out a long time ago that like part of his success is and his company's success is dependent upon the brand of elon tasas don't spend a single dollar on pr think about that in comparison to all of their competitors, they spend no money on trying to garner any attention in the press because Elon gets all of that attention for free. And I think one of the things we are going to learn over the next three to five years is bland and boring founders result in bland and boring companies. And there is going to be no place for bland and boring companies in the future online or like no one is going to feel any kind of like feelings towards them. And they are going to be removed to the sidelines and people are going to follow founders that they agree with that have strong points of view. And I like that. I think we've become too scared by what everyone thinks about our opinions online. I think we want to have strong opinions. We want to have debates. We want to tell people what we think the future is going to be, what our vision is, what our beliefs are. And we want people to come follow us. And if you don't like those things, then don't be part of the tribe. I, I, I'm going to agree with you. I think that's, I think you're right. 
I don't think it's enough. I don't think it's just about the founders. This is what I'm going to tell you. I think there's three layers of this. I think companies that have a founder that's engaged in the public discourse and has real point of view on their mission, on their business, on the market are going to be more likely to be successful. I think companies are going to realize that their executives have to be more public figures. Like my prediction, Kieran, is that in five years, the average like CMO or head of product job rec is going to require like, oh, one of your job requirements is you write a weekly newsletter or you host a YouTube show, what have you. Product I think, leaders I or think storytellers. we are ahead of the game. I think not that long from now, people will be like, hey, why aren't you hosting a show like Kip and Kieran? Like, why aren't you as an executive out front, putting your opinions out there, building a real community of people who are going to care about our brand? How can I trust you to care about our brand if you can't even do it yourself, first of all? Right. And then the third part right. of it is, I think you still have to work with a network of creators that really have the direct trust of the community that aren't fully biased by the product or service that your company is selling to be working with you. And that, you set that up at HubSpot. You built a, an amazing creator program for us and it's working. We have an incredible network of creators that are inspiring and educating business professionals all over the world. And we're building a brand in a very non-traditional way because of it. Right. I agree. Personality-led growth is going to be pivotal to the way companies succeed in the future. You'll either be kind of like, meh, like, ah, I don't really feel that much about that founder. I don't really feel that much about that company. They have really no creators talking about them. Or you're going to be like a part of the popularity of the, you're going to be part of the internet culture. Like you're going to be part of that internet culture. You're going to have people who feel strong emotions about you one way or the other. And I think they are the brands that are set up to succeed in the future. Yes. All of this points to, it has never been a better time to create and build an audience online. And there are gonna be lots of ways to monetize that audience in the future. Direct payments from creator programs are only gonna be one of it. It's only gonna be a portion of it. One of the things I love about these programs is that they're normally supplemental to the other lines of business, other ways you can monetize your audience, right? right. And so if I'm out there, my kind of parting piece of advice for everybody watching who's like, you know what? I feel like I'm sitting on the sideline. I wanna get in the game, but I wanna make some money. First, it's gonna take you a while. It can take you a year or two till you have a big enough audience where you're making any real money and that you're gonna have to grind it out and do it every single day to get there. The second is you're gonna get money from these creator programs, but it should be a minority of the money you're making, not the majority of the money you're making. And the third is where you spend your time really matters. YouTube and TikTok are the gold standard right now. We're gonna see if Twitter can become a third pillar of the kind of gold standard creator programs of platforms where you can make a lot of money. I don't think they're going to because I don't think the audience on Twitter is big enough. They just don't have enough people. They don't have enough users and visits on that platform to scale and make the economics work. And that ultimately is why I think the creator program at Twitter is going to fail. And plus, as a video platform, they fundamentally will have to overhaul the interface layer because yes. scrolling through video on a timeline is not the way you consume video, right? It's just not the way you want to consume video. And I think that their timeline is not going to be an accelerant for like video consumption. It's probably going to be actually a drag. Nailed it. For Twitter to succeed in this new creator world, it will have to completely redesign, rebuild the app. Okay, yeah. so we are bullish on the creator program as a way to reset the narrative for Elon. We are doubtful on its long-term ability to make Twitter a key player. But at the same time, it's kind of the only play he has. If he's going to make Twitter work, it's going to have to have a robust community of creators. What, Kip? You don't think he can do more Tucker Carlson and Andrew Tate <laughs> videos and like just really, you know, juice that machine? We live in a weird oh, and sad God, world where I often just want to live in a little house in the woods. But instead, we're hanging out on YouTube with everyone. Put your comments in. What do you think is going to happen with the Twitter creator program? Good, smart, 
you think it's going to be worth it long term, second, hit that subscribe button. If you like the show, hit subscribe. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're not a big consumer on YouTube, we'll be back with you real soon on Marketing Instagram.